0: Hi everyone, welcome to Greg Garage Pod with Coach Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Alex is your boy. You need some help, need some guidance, especially if you're in California, especially if you're a motorcycle rider. I don't know, you got contracts, you've been involved in something, go check out Bike911.com. Tell them Jason Pridmore sent you. Alex doesn't know me, he knows you, so you know, I just gotta go with the more famous person. Speaking of Jason Pridmore, finally back at home with his headphones on and his normal microphone. How are things, JP?
1: Well, way better than they were last week for you and I, there's much more energy already in this podcast than we had last week when I was (laughs) uh, in Milwaukee, you were in San Diego. People were like, yeah, we could tell you were, you guys were (laughs) both a little little bit, well, and I said, well, the thing that most people don't understand is that we spent 40 minutes just trying to figure out how to hook my shit up while, and it was late (laughs) at night and we're both, we were both on the, on the verge of like. Let's just do it next week. But neither one of us said it out loud, so we kept grinding, and we got it done. So that was okay.
0: Yeah, it was important. We got it done. I mean, the ratings were, or the the, the downloads are two thirds, or yeah, two thirds of what they normally are. But I don't blame it. I don't blame people.
1: Well, we're, you Fine. know, the thing Hopefully. is, is it's
0: hard for Greg and I to have <clears throat> consistency because we travel so
1: much. And then, you know, it, it, that that's the thing. We're we're trying to bang these out. It, it's it's not easy to do. It's so weird how hard it is to carve an hour plus out of your out of your week right to just do a podcast and if we weren't making a hundred thousand dollars each a year doing it we probably wouldn't do it right
0: a hundred thousand each no, <laughs> no dude you, you only get twenty percent oh that
1: makes sense that's all I deserve for what you do to get this thing going I mean yeah honestly. I mean I'll
0: show you I'll show you my 2022 Kia forte that I keep banging my head on when I get in the car. I tell everybody, like, I, tall like, people.
1: it's an hour for me. It's a like GW does four hours a week on this thing. I mean, by the time, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it, it to stuff, probably about like, four.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just creating the rundowns. And I mean, most of us live in the world anyway. So it's just a matter of like the hardest bit is like if I see something on a Thursday. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> oh, that, that I got to make sure we talk about that. Yeah. You know, like in the podcast, but I don't ever like write it down. So I, you know, when I get to like Mondays doing the rundown and stuff, I'll like, I could have sworn there was something Thursday that I wanted to talk about, whatever. And so there's a couple of news things that we miss, but in the moment are really good, but we love doing it. I mean, we love doing it and we love the fact that all of you people are, are, are downloading it and listening to it. Cannot tell you how many people came to us. I think we mentioned it last podcast at Road America and said some stuff and we absolutely love that you're listening and Jason and I both, and I speak for Jason when I say this, when anybody comes up to us, and even if we're at the racetrack, you know, where where you think our audience is and says they listen to us, we we cannot be more appreciative because, yeah it's, true. yeah, it's hard for us to carve an hour, hour and a half or whatever out to do this, but we also know that it's, that you guys are taking an hour out of your life to listen to it yeah. and we appreciate
1: it. Really do. So, I mean, it means a lot. It, it really does. And it's, you know, it's kind of funny because we've both transitioned, like both our paths in the sport have been interesting and. It's it's funny because I get a lot of people come up now that that you know are, are are our age, Greg, that remember when we were riding back
0: in the day, late twenties. Yeah, you know it,
1: Yeah, exactly. But people remember when we were on track and and you know kind of along with along with you know Greg Kramer and and Raj um, and obviously Hannah. we you know being kind of the voices of Road America, uh, Moto America, have been. A, it's a fun ride and seeing. I think all of us that I just mentioned all want our series to continue to grow. We all want Moto America to, th- to, to thrive. We all want to see these these people that have dreams of racing bikes get to uh, the levels that they want to be at and successful and hopefully make some sort of living being able to do it. And, um, you know, that's always been my motivation. That's literally been my motivation with Moto America is I want to be. I want to be part of the reason of why it continues to grow and get bigger. And that's what we're trying to do. And even with this podcast, that's what we're doing. So welcome to another week. We got it. We got a busy one. Um, I know Greg's going to go through some news here in, in a minute. There's been a few things happening this week that we'll go through. And then we're going to talk about the 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 race at Magello, which, um, you know, the Magello race, I, I don't, you know, I guess everybody finds excitement in certain ways. It wasn't the greatest or most exciting race, but it definitely had some things that we're going to discuss about it. And um, yeah, and then we're head off to we head off to Seattle next week. And this week they're at Saxon Ring, I believe, right? The correct. MotoGP guys are. Yeah, three weeks on the trot.
0: You are correct, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. feeling mighty drunk, sir. All right, <laughs> so we're going to get to the news presented by Arai. Oh, hey Jason, did you know that Arai makes helmets? It's true. Handmade helmets in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. And they're really good and they fit nice and you can pull the liners out you can wash them and they have neat. Go to ryeamericas.com. Go check out the latest in helmet technology. They're really bolstering their website for information, talking about glancing off and how the manufacturing process works and why you would put your precious noodle into an Arai helmet. Go check out ryeamericas.com. Longtime sponsor of this podcast and we appreciate it. All right. So, Jason, let's talk about this real quick. Loud New Hampshire, and the and Classic. It's the 100th running of the Classic. Some big Moto America teams and riders are going to be heading up there. Josh Heron, I've heard he's going to be there. It's in the press release, and I've heard he wasn't going to be there, but I know PJ Jacobson, who rides for Titler's cycles on a BMW, will actually ride on a Ducati and either be on Chavi Forrest's bike or be teammates with Josh Heron. I don't know. Josh Hayes is going to be there. Richie Escalante is going to be there. But here's the big news, Jay. $55,000 to the winner. What are your thoughts about going back to that joint?
1: Uh, Well, first off, props to them uh, for being Mm -hmm. able to put a program like that together and offer a a race where you you can draw so much talent. I think that that's incredible. I love the fact that you're, you're pulling some of our superbike riders and, and other great riders as, as well as a bunch of fast local guys will be up there trying to win that race. I think Sh- Shane Narbonne will probably be there. He's won
0: it 10 times. and Scotty Greenwood. Yep. Yeah, he's been there for Still a long racing. time as well. Um, hey, trivia question, everybody, and you can answer this. I'm not going to give you the answer, but <clears throat> poor Jason, poor Jason, who, who is going to be in this race? Who is a non-national rider? That's got more super sport wins than Jason Pridmore. Answer it. Wait,
1: what's the Loudon question? Loudon wins.
0: Who has a Loudon Supersport victory and has more Supersport victories than you do? AMA Supersport victories. Do you know the answer? You're talking 750, obviously, because I stuck on a six hundred. Uh huh. Six hundred. Well, you don't have any. You have zero. I got zero. That's 600. what I mean. I
1: stink. So every. So
0: there's one guy who's got one victory. Yeah. Who oh. won Loudon? Who's not a regular? It's in, the, it's in the record book. Do you know? Yeah,
1: Scotty Greenwood. You look
0: baffled. Isn't he? Yeah, Scott Greenwood. Yeah. Yeah, Scotty was, Greenwood.
1: You just said his name, though. Yeah. It's an easy one.
0: No, I know, but then... All right, so don't answer <laughs> it. Don't so don't go. Anyway... It's a horrible trigger. Uh, I question. talked to Josh Hayes about Loud and Jason. Yeah. When's the last time... I was last there in the last National. So I want to say it was 01, 02-ish, okay. maybe? I couldn't tell you. Somewhere around there. Josh says that there is has been some subtle changes to the track... To try to make it a bit safer mm. you know from what we we remember and it, most of those subtle changes have been successful it is not like it's a nascar track you go in, you're in the nascar track go out of it you come back into it it's not the safest place in the world no nope. but a lot of they history have made some subtle changes a lot of history yeah
1: a lot of history uh i was i was going there since i was a little kid so i remember i remember the old album like I remember the old track. I got to ride the old track way back in the day, like when I was a kid.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. Um, I mean,
1: I was a kid. Yeah, I've
0: seen some old races and yeah. yeah.
1: It went the other direction.
0: And, uh, you know, like, oh, you would come down into the bowl? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Yeah, that's right.
1: It went the other way. So, so there's, you know, I remember the old Loudon. I remember how crazy it was there as a kid. In fact, I just read something where they were talking about how people used to line the streets, and it was like a parade every day you came in and out of that place. And I remember that when I was like eight, nine years old going to the National there with my dad. I remember. Yeah, there was a lot of like uh, camping
0: there. There was was a lot of hate for Japanese bikes. Remember back in the day in the 80s, early, late 70s, early 80s, blowing stuff up, lighting Lighting hinges on fire, fire, things like that. No.
1: so there is a lot of history there. Uh, a lot of fast guys came from that area. I, I'm really excited for the Loud and Classic. I I, I'm, I'm, I hope it's a safe race. Um, I don't know how many laps they do. I don't know how. I don't know the actual, I think it's
0: like 20 laps or 25 laps. I think I read somewhere that they do. And It's middleweight sport bikes, but they're allowed, like like Hayes has a bike that's got a two mil over kit.
1: Oh, really? So they're allowed yeah. to build these bikes a bit.
0: Yeah. So it's 140 plus horsepower super sport machines. Mm-hmm. That they're running, so it's a it's kind of a different deal. So, like you would imagine, the Ducati, the nine fifty five Ducati, it's not going to be as as choked off as it is in next gen rules. You know, they're gonna. I think they open it up a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be. I heard it's on MAV TV.
1: Oh wow, so. cool. I'll watch that. I don't
0: know if it's live. I don't know what the schedule is. You'd have, I'd have to probably go look at the schedule maybe while we're doing this. But another bit of, uh, you talk about history at Loudon, Jay. Who on this podcast at Loudon got their first top 10 ever in AMA National Racing? Yeah. Superbike Racing. I don't know. Top 10 seems like a lofty goal. Mm. Well, it was ninth. I
1: still got to go back and look at that. <laughs> I got to go back and look and see how many finished and I, all that I tried.
0: Stuff. I tried.
1: So what you're saying is that you're claiming that you got top ten.
0: I got ninth with witnesses. Jeff White was there.
1: And there was how, my many, dad how was many guys there started? How many passed. guys finished? Do we know?
0: Yeah, I mean it was a legit. It was it was AMA Superbike in like ninety nine or yeah, but it wasn't Superbike race. Two thousand. No, no, it was Super- Form Extreme, but it was still packed. It was Form Extreme. I was on the stock 750 that I raced in 750 Supersport. The only thing I would have different was slicks on instead of I remember the you DOTs doing we raced.
1: I remember you doing that. What year was it?
0: Jeff White would know better. I want to say it was 2000. Hmm. I want to say it was 2000.
1: Yeah, so. I got some good memories of that. I got good and bad memories of that place. I It's yeah, the, the only place I ever crashed three times in one weekend. I crashed three you times did? in one weekend there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crashing qualifying on the Yosh Superbike going up the hill, chasing Doug Chandler. I was like, oh, I'm on a good lap with a Q. And I high-sided on a Q going up the hill. So that was mm. unfortunate. And then the 600 Supersport race, I remember getting a bad start. And just edging up to the back of the lead group It was like Yates and Miguel and all those guys. And then I lost the front in that turn three. And my I literally stopped two feet short of the tires. And then it rained really hard. They called the race. We came back Monday. And I went into turn one. And Tommy Hayden was on my outside, and kind of just started to close down on me. And I, I had somebody like on my left knee on the inside. I had, and so as Tommy kept cruising down, I couldn't, I couldn't tighten up because somebody was on my inside. And my front tire hit Tommy's back tire, and I high sided onto the banking, like off, you know. I, and I landed right on my back, and I remember being at Richie's, Richie Alexander's house for like a week. I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. Wow. my yeah, I'm but I had some other good stuff there too. All
0: right, I'm actually going to give you an interesting Loudon story. Before I raced, I was there with a guy that I knew that I was helping, mm-hmm. and it must have been ninety, ninety. Was it ninety five?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was Yates when Yates Aaron Yates was on Super Sport, and he was traveling around with his dad in the van. And remember, Super Sport program back in the day would give the riders super short 750 super short riders and 1100 to 750 you had to get your way to the track you were eligible for suzuki cup yates crashed three times in one race that's pretty wild yeah and finished the race so he was leading he tucks the front he picks it up he goes back to the front crashes again and then he's in third place and he and it's on the last lap and he crashed in the that very last section before he got onto the banking and i remember him we, uh, the guy that I was helping, I was in the garage with right next to Yates. And I remember watching that deal and Yates came back into the pits. And I mean, Jason steam's coming off his bike parts are everywhere. And his dad puts it up on the stand. It was and raining, Aaron, right? You, Yates, said, you said it was raining. No, it was freaking dry wow. as shit. Wow. And it sat there. And I remember him sitting there, didn't take his helmet off. And he just sat thinking about that race. And I talked to Don Sakakura after that. And Don said that was the race that got Aaron that Yosh ride. They mm-hmm. said they'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, Crash, that- take the lead again. I remember, ah, oh, shoot, man. I know he listens to this podcast. I know he's an archer. Who's the dude in California um, who used to race? Northern California. Um, Mark McDaniel. Mark McDaniel, I think, was the one who took the lead over in that race. And then Aaron passed him back. Good well, guy, too. It'd be fun to have Aaron Yates on this podcast. It would. It was. You
1: know, the thing is about Aaron, and I've said it before, like Aaron was, when I think back to the days when everybody talks about how great racing was, Aaron Yates is one of the first names I think about. Me too. I used to be on track with that guy and I'd watch him do stuff and I'd be like, wow, like there's just, he could do some stuff, man. He was amazing. But now I see him at the track, you know, he's working on Ash with Ashton over at Shivey and, and people kind of walk past Aaron. Like they don't really know Aaron, you know, and it, and it, yeah. Because Aaron, he's such a, he's such a mellow guy. He's just so chill. Like, but to me, he's like, he's like ex superbike royalty to me. Aaron is like, mm-hmm. I look up to that guy a lot. Like the stuff he did, stuff he, stuff he did on a motorcycle. I mean, I remember him coming through on the Harley 883s back in the day and, and then yeah. riding 600 and, and like you said, going around with lucky and, and, um, during the off season, we got to get Aaron on. I think it'd be fun talk. It would just be fun to get some stories out of him. Cause you know, they'd be told in a way where they'd be told in a way where they, they wouldn't seem like a big
0: deal, but they really were. Yeah. Like, like, so Aaron, let's talk about the pit daddy contest and how you end oh, up naked going, running across the stage, throwing toys across the stage. That many memories. Oh my God. No, yeah, the, the, those are
1: some of the good, those are some of the off track stories. It would be fun. Yeah. I mean, snow angels in the middle of the racetrack,
0: um rolling burnout after winning a 600 super sport race at road america and then crash in it flying jump kick at daytona um that is a story now that is a story that i want to tell because that's what we showed well don't tell it now on camera we'll let him no no no. but what we showed on camera jason is not the full story of how that whole thing unfolded right and i to this day will tell you. He lost. He'll tell us if we get when we get him on. But he lost, I think, fifty grand somewhere around there in sponsorship. Like people pulled their deals from him, or fined him, or whatever yeah. for that, those actions. Part of that action was the responsibility of us to. We didn't show the whole event. We he, showed the drama got, of it. I mean, this guy would go toe to toe with anybody. He was like
1: at that time. He was the at that time. He was like the king of the late breaking guys. I mean. Mm-hmm. He won races on a Suzuki 600 super sport bike that he had no business winning. Like hundred percent. I was his teammate and I was like, wow, he just won that race. And
0: I mean, it was a talent. It was just, yeah, unreal. it was, an,
1: it was an out. And so Aaron would there's be a, a fun great story. So a, if you guys think that that you'd like to hear something, you'd like to hear some Aaron stories. Like yeah. I, I'm going to talk to him at Seattle and I'll say, Hey, we want to get you on the podcast later in the year. Would you be
0: interested and in see what he says? All right, Jason. All right, shift over yeah. to some MotoGP stuff. Let's do it. World Superbike champ Alvaro Bautista gets two days <laughs> yep. on the GP23 Ducati at Mizano next week. And we've talked about this already, Jay, but two days. Do you think that this is just a little bit of an FU to Yamaha only giving top rack one day? Just a little bit. Oh, you know? I didn't even look at it like that.
1: I, I, I honestly didn't even think about it in that way because it's not – I don't – so where do you go if you're Ducati with this? What I don't understand is why. Okay, so like let's, I mean, say, let's say he goes out wild there. Wild card. Set, okay, but let's say he goes out and sets the world on fire. The first five bikes across the line already are Ducatis. What do they need another Ducati rider for?
0: I I, know, I agree with you 200%. The one thing I do, Bautista was interviewed about this, and they asked him about wildcard. And what Bautista said, what, in addition to what you said, Bautista's like, look, okay, I don't know about wildcard. I have no idea. This is like a thank you. The bike looks super fun for me to ride. I won yep. the world championship. That's why normally you give him a day. But he also said in his quote in there was this isn't 2006 and I'm not Troy Bayless. Because if you remember, Troy Bayless won. you, you, yeah, he won on a Honda or whatever. No, he wanted to do Cotty, right? Yeah. yeah. He won the world. He won the world superbike
1: championship. And then he went to Valencia and won the, the race that Nicky actually became world champion. He won that race. That's
0: right. On wild card. Yeah. And so he's right. He's I I couldn't agree with but it's a different time, so I agree with you. I mean, it should be what it looks like, which is a thank you to the world superbike rider. It's an off week. They're gonna he's gonna go get to a track that he knows on a bike that he is what four year four years or five years removed from. Which can you imagine the development of this thing? That's why I was surprised it was two days. I'm like, okay, give him one day, I get it, but two days? Yeah, but he's but gonna hey. he's gonna rip on it. And see, this is the thing I don't get mm-hmm. though is
1: like. The media is going to make a big deal out of this because it's a big deal. It is a big deal. I mean, huge deal for him. What a fun, what a fun couple of days. And if that is the thing is it's like, I'm sure he's not going to be on track by himself. I'm sure they're going to be able to utilize this to, you know, um, maybe, maybe there'll be some, some guys testing superbikes or whatever. I mean, maybe he's out there by himself. Where's he going? Is he, is he going to uh Mazzano? Yeah. He's going to Mazzano. Mm-hmm. So a place he just won at and smoked everybody. Exactly. But the thing it's is, like- is it's like, it's like really, I, I guess on a on a level of um, oh, how am I trying to say this? Where, like, where, what's the point? What's like the what's the point what, level? Let's say he goes yeah, out yeah. and he rips it. What they they've already got five guys that are ripping it. They've got like, five look, guys. You, you know, it's,
0: if you're Yamaha, you put top rack on the bike, and it right. goes faster than Morbidelli. Yeah, you're using it as a motivation. Correct. Right? We've seen manufacturers do stuff that that. I mean, we saw Ben Bostrom get punted from a factory team. Yeah, he goes to the secondary team and wins what five in a row yeah. or whatever the hell happened yeah. in World Superbike, right? Yeah, but that's We've a comfort. That's before. a comfort
1: thing. The thing is, I just don't know. Yeah, but Let's, you're not the, doing
0: that. If you're he, not doing that. You got so many Ducati riders that can win right now. That's it's, what I'm it's, saying. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I just think too. You just look at it for face value. It's a thank you to him. Correct. They're going to go have some fun, and you know what. That's a very Italian thing. It's a very Italian thing to do to just say, yeah, listen, man, congratulations. Let's go have some fun. Thank you for doing everything you have. And I I agree.
1: And I think if it was a one day thing, it would make you go like, that's really cool. They're letting him go ride the thing for the day. But two days I'm with you. You kind of go like, well, what are we trying to accomplish here? Because you know, they're going to be throwing tires at it. They're going to be doing things. I mean, sure. I mean, the guy could legitimately go out there for one day, put 60 laps in and be like, man, that's so cool. Bikes are great. I really enjoyed it. All right. Where's my world? Superbike. Send me back.
0: And, 100%. And,
1: and but in this case, they're doing two because I read the way he wants to do. He wants to go to Phillip
0: Island on it. Oh, interesting, man. I mean, he said he wasn't thinking about wildcard. But the other thing, too, Jay, is there is, you know, you have eight Ducatis on the grid. Correct. You have people that now have been on it. A few you have rookies coming in. Why not put an old school guy like Bautista who's been on a totally different motorcycle from a different perspective? Maybe there's one thing that he says. That is going to take Ducati to the next level, which mm. none of us want to see right now. But, you know, it, it, that's Ducati's mindset. And Gigi Delina's mindset is let's keep developing, keep developing, keep developing. I don't care what the competition does. You know, we're not going to rest on our laurels. And maybe that they come up with something. Maybe there's something that he has on the World Superbike that he gets on the GP bike. And he says, hey, can this bike do this a little bit better? Because this is what my bike does. And maybe they get something out of it that way. You know, there's always Never that. know. I mean, you never yeah. know. I think at this
1: point, they got enough guys developing that thing that there's not going to be any earth-shattering, like, oh, my gosh. Like, we didn't think of no, this. but he's jumped
0: on it. So, we'll see. There's going to be he, lap times. To, there's going to be press there, Jay. You know what I mean? So, correct. we'll know. Let him go we'll win his, his World Superbike
1: Championship, and then during yeah. the offseason, if he wants to go do a, a wild card somewhere, that's great. Did you see? I know you probably I, – I don't have your latest news here because you you didn't update it for me. So, but did you see, Wren's got hurt, tib-fib. And no, break, broke no. his leg. Such a bummer, right? Yeah, horrible. S- I don't know who they're who they're going to put on that. Did you see that they they said they offered it to Petrucci? Yeah, I did see that. Danilo's probably <laughs> like, uh, yeah, thank you. I think I'm okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know how to lose the front all on my own. I don't want to ride your. shit. Yeah,
1: like it's probably not a really great call to take right now. If Honda calls you and goes, "Hey, uh, we have a seat on the factory team and the LCR <laughs> team. Would you like to ride this weekend?" Hey, you know uh, what? You know since,
0: what? You, since you brought that I'm up, going okay, to the lake. We'll- yeah, I'm going to the lake. I, I need to recover from my last crash and let me get better. <laughs> Poor
1: Mir. Where's Mir going to go? That guy has no desire to be on a Repsol bike right now. Think about that.
0: And he said, too, the last bit, big comments he made was, I don't want to be Lorenzo, but guess what, bro? You are heading down the Lorenzo you know, path in, in the worst way. I mean, I, I just think i don't know I mean, you want to talk just, about
1: ruining a career Mir's career is gone dude
0: how about when marquez so crashed sad.
1: and i felt horrendous for that guy i feel so me bad
0: too because i love that guy yeah how about when when marquez crashed and he just turned around looked at the bike and just said arms in the air what the fuck
1: <laughs> yeah but in fairness if you watch that video he's out three feet from the track like he's out in the dirty he's out, in he's the, out dirty the dirty stuff, and he loses out the out front the and you and you know how you can tell that stuff if you watch how slow he lost the front it's because he's got grip, 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 grip. And then the front just starts to tuck because he's getting in the dirty mm. stuff. And it, and it can't come back because it doesn't have enough grip out there. Yeah. So in fairness, yes, he crashed. But he's having to ride over his limit to finish fifth, sixth, and seventh right now. And the big test will be this weekend at Saxon Ring because it's a track that he owns kind of like Coda. So, oh, you know, and I don't think it's going to be that easy for him as it has been in years past. But but I mean, who are they going to? You know, they're going to probably put Brottle on the bike. Right, I would think in yeah, ge- in Germany they're going to put Stefan Bradl on the bike, and he's probably, you know, I mean, I don't know how his contract works, but you know, Mir, I, I you feel bad for him, you feel bad for Renz. Um Nakagami was the only
0: rider that finished, I think, on the weekend. So you're right. So sketch. they're they're just yeah they're they're in trouble. I mean i I do think that that uh, they're going to figure it out. They'll figure it out before the year's out. It just takes time. It takes time to build materials, test materials you know that type of thing so we'll see. Um I'm going to put you on the spot. What well, can you tell us about news that Mark VDS and Sam Lowes are looking to go to World Superbike for Ducati next year? What do you know, Jason? You know um, the Lowes twins? I, I do. Um, yeah.
1: I look, um, I no no no. It, it, look, they've come out. Sam's already come out and said it now. He'd like to go to World Superbike. They'd like to ride together. They'd like to be there it's a continuous like they're twins. They want to they want to they want to race each other, which is pretty funny to me. Like I think right now they've got it actually perfect. Like Alex
0: is in one series, Sam's in another series. Yeah, so they can support each other instead of just beating each other up. Correct. I mean, they'll still support each other. We've seen it. Oh yeah, we've seen brothers raised before. Yeah. Oh yeah. And on Plenty the racetrack, they're fierce competitors, and you know, off the racetrack, they're they're good brothers. I mean, the Haydens come to mind, obviously. Bostroms. you know, the Wymans, Bostroms, Yeah. So they're out there. Uh, you know, I look, I, I I know Sam would like to go to
1: Superbike. He's got a pretty sweet gig at VDS um right now uh and he's still showing that he's competitive in there i mean he got cleaned out this last weekend which was a shame by lopez yeah but, i did um but yeah all right so i'll put you on the spot yeah go ahead we heard anything about m4 who's who's gonna replace tony mm-hmm. at m4 do
0: we have do you have anything no i mean i talked to chris and we went through the list of options and the number one choice the number two choice the number three choice yeah. are not available to do it. Got either it. contractually or Suzuki says no because they're riding another manufacturer in a different class. Got it. The f- three other choices that we talked about are are projects. You know what Correct. I mean? Like people that don't have superbike experience, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that what will happen is that they will probably instead of trying to find a permanent replacement for Tony for the Ridge uh-huh. that they will get a rider to race the Ridge yeah, buy themselves a little bit more time and yeah. then try to find someone that could not only replace Tony for the rest of the year, but maybe somebody that's going to go rest of the year and maybe into next year. Yeah. That was, you know, that, uh, that is a hundred percent like speculation on my part, just from the conversations that I had with, with Chris, because you know how they are. They're pretty close. They're pretty close uh, to the vest. They like to keep their, information so they can release it and things like that. And Chris is always pretty open with me, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's a solution just yet. I think, I think they're in a good position though. They're in a good position. And
1: I'll mm-hmm. tell you
0: why. This is my opinion on the M4
1: thing. It doesn't really matter who they put on the bike because if you bring up a uh, if you bring up a guy that's maybe never ridden a superbike um the the team should have enough knowledge and 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 whatever. I think if they bring a guy into Let's say they get a top tier guy that's wanted to leave another series or or whatever that could get a chance, right? I still don't think that the bike is a winning capable motorcycle right now. So Mm-mm. no matter what Chris is doing and that team is doing, they're busting their ass to get that bike as good as they possibly can, and they're going to every means that they can to do it. I still think it's the fourth or fifth best bike out there. I think you got attack bikes, you got a Westby bike, you got a Ducati, you got Tyler's bikes. Those are four different teams right there whose bikes I think are better than the M4 bikes. So the problem is, is that wherever Chris's program is actually sitting at the moment, as loyal as he's been to Suzuki, he still has the fifth best bike out there. So even if you get a top tier guy, you know, if you go put Cambobier on that Suzuki right now, or you put Jake Gagne on that Suzuki right now, I don't think that they're winning on it. I I personally, that's just me. Um, And it's going to be hard for him to draw a guy at that level away. So why not, you know, and Escalante is doing a tremendous job. Richie's doing such a good job on that bike. He's riding well, he's doing all the things he needs to do. I still don't know what happened in race two at road America, but I want to talk to him about it when I see him. Yeah. And, and Chris, maybe I don't know if Chris said anything to you about it, but I don't know. Um, and so the thing is, is it doesn't really matter who you put on the bike at the Ridge, get the bike out there, get another perspective, help us help somebody out. Like in other words, for whatever pressure Chris is putting on himself of putting a rider on that bike, the Ridge, would you agree that the Ridge is kind of a specialty place as well? Yes. Like you could get it. You you could get a guy like Andy Debrino and put him on there. Andy Debrino has got a million laps around that place. And, and Andy Debrino Mm -hmm. is a guy that, you know, you could put on that bike right now. He knows the track Mm -hmm. and he'd be able to probably give you some good feedback. Problem is he's riding a KTM,
0: right? So he's probably contracted with KTM to do, um, hooligans. hooligans though because he's on he's That's he's, right. he's going to be on the MV Augusta. so he's already got up, two hopefully
1: he's already got Ho- two you know. he's already got two classes so you take him out mm-hmm. of the mix but but if he was only let's say he was doing Stock 1000 if we still had it up there it'd be like let's throw Debrino on the bike for this round because he's a local yeah, guy yeah, yeah. you know what I mean yep. of course so, I think I think that there could be some overthought uh, and you know this was nothing that Greg and I planned on talking about but I think that Mm-mm. don't don't I think Chris needs to not not put a lot of pressure on himself because I think anybody that he gets to fill the second seat is going to be a guy that can be anywhere from sixth to 10th
0: regardless. Additionally, additionally, I think that anybody put on the bike is going to be a bit of a story, which is going to get, you know, some exposure for yep. the sponsors, which that team relies on quite a bit. I mean, all our teams do, but that team in particular, especially at the super level, I think the other thing too, Jay, is that, um, they have found, Chris did tell me in confidence that they have found some stuff, you know, that they're That's great. That the bike is going to be better from a power plant standpoint soon. The thing is, is I think that it, when you combine all the little things that they're able to find right now, that uh, if it works out the way he, he was thinking it was going to work out at the end of this week, yeah, uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna have to start over in a way with with settings and stuff, okay. you know, with, with TC settings and you know grip and and angle and things like that, just because there's going to be an increase in torque and an increase in power. Okay, but. So I think that like if I was a young rider and I'm looking at what they're doing currently, and I got the sales pitch from Chris, I would be way more excited to get on that Suzuki now, like today, than I would have say at the beginning of the year.
1: Correct. So correct, I agree yeah. with that.
0: Can it can it win races? I mean, the combination you have to look at. It, they're still developing the bike, they're still refining the bike, and you look at refined packages like on the Yamaha side of things. It's just it's, it's they've been on those bikes a long time. They have refined them. They're just incredible. And what we saw from Yamaha at the at Road America, it's going to be different at the Ridge, you know, and same thing with BMW. I'm really looking forward to seeing this is our first real look and real test, I think uh, at a track. I mean, the surface is still good. Yep. right. You get the ridges good, but it's different from Bar- Barber, you know, and I'm looking at the BMW going, OK, we know it's fast in a straight line and we know Bobier is an incredible racer, but. You know, again, we're going to talk about all this crap next week. As yeah, we'll talk about it ridge. next week. Yeah, so, yeah. But well, that—that's where I'm looking. I, at just,
1: I just feel like it's got to be a hard decision. It's got to be hard to like pull somebody out of your hat. But I think that for this round, of, specifically this round, the ridge, yeah. it's kind of a little bit of a specialty place. Yeah. I, I could, I could definitely understand why Tony chose to pull the pin after Road America because the ridge is a little bit sketchy in some places, and if your heart's not there, it, it's, it's a place where you got to hang it out a little bit. You know what I mean? And yeah. um it's. Kind of what my my dad used to call a Scratchers track, which is like a place where you've got to be it's a place where real writers go to the front and yeah. and you know they're able to put some like louden's the same way. Loudon was always the same thing to me. It was That's like, right.
0: Yeah, you're right. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. anybody gets a top ten in Loudon is an absolute legend.
1: Yeah, because it's it's yeah, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Uh anyway, uh, let's talk Franco, let's talk Franco Morbidelli, because he made some comments about staying with Yamaha they asked him in the press afterwards <laughs> you know what I mean and did, did you see all that
1: dude I absolutely like, loved it they like, did not know what to say to him when he goes why why do you think I might want to stay with why do I want to yeah. maybe stay with Yamaha
0: like and they're all like uh 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 like uh, nobody's uh, even thought well, about, about it? this and, and he's like ask Lynn Jarvis and he's like so ask right. Lynn Jarvis and it's like woofah! yeah that was uh but it was so great was,
1: because they didn't know what to say to him did they
0: No, they didn't know what to say. They were all expecting just the normal answers and he actually gave them a real answer and they didn't know what to do with it. Everybody's every everybody's like so everybody is so keen on like, well,
1: Morbidelli could go to World Superbike because he was, you know, he was in the paddock at World Superbike at the last round in the Yamaha garage, you know. And and it's Mm -hmm. like so he's there and then you sit there and you go, like, Well, he's gonna lose his ride. Where else is Morbidelli gonna go? Yamaha, 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 and he just looks at him and goes, Well, what makes you think I wanna stay here? Like and fair play to him.
0: Hey, a hundred percent. And he just
1: got done beating mm-hmm. Quadraro, right? He just got yep. done beating Quattro. Now look, Morbidelli, like you can honestly say has not, he has not had the results, but again, it goes back, Greg, to what you and I always talk about. Greg and I talk about this all the time. You got to have the bike, the team, the crew, you got to have it all around you. And if any one of those little tiny bits are missing, um, in this case, maybe Morbidelli, you know, has, crew chief, it could be whatever it is, whatever it is, He's been a little bit off the boil compared to Quaderaro and he has not been getting results. So if you look at results on paper, Morvidelli should be sent down the road. But there's always more to it. And the fact that he's always. kept and the fact that he's kept plugging along and then he goes and beats Quaderaro. Now Yamaha's going, oh boy, now we are we're in big,
0: big, big <laughs> trouble. Right? Because Quaderaro's talent level is without question. And he hasn't forgotten how to ride a bike all of a sudden. No right. shot. But then where Morbidelli got hurt and he's on his way back. And that's the other thing. Okay. You're on your way back from injury. You need more of a support group than ever. Yeah. I think, you know, more people telling you, dude, don't worry about it. We got you. But had he, I think, had he been back on the VR 46 team, you know, on a Ducati, I think we're looking at an all new, an all different Frankie Morbidelli. I, I still think after what he did a couple of years ago, and you know me, dude, I'm a critic of someone who does really well in one season. Yep. And you can tell if they don't have it. I just think, Frank, still got it somewhere. It's there somewhere. He needs the right situation to bring it out. And we need a little bit of confidence from him. And then the dude's soaring back up towards the front. Can't go to the front of the Yamaha. The Yamaha is, and the comments that were made by Quadraro is, and now it won't even turn. It's well, like,
1: holy crap. Because the pace has gotten so much faster that now the the deficiencies of this bike are coming out. And it, But see, the thing I find really incredible is, And you can never truly get into the mind of these guys. But like, you have to remember, for the better part of three, four years, Quattro has been going to the racetrack. And he walks into those garages at every round going, I'm the guy to beat. I'm the guy to beat. And now he's going in and he can barely get in the top 10. He can't even get out of Q1 to get to Q2 anymore. I mean, psychologically, that is such a mind screw on you because you're literally going from being the guy to a guy. That's it. You're a guy now. You're you're you are back there, and you're getting, you know. And obviously, we know the bike's not as good as the other bikes. Ducati's done such a tremendous job as far as how they've gone about their business with the bike that they have in both series. Like you know, both series. Yeah. Everybody's talking about Ducati ruining the racing, and the racing in World Superbike is definitely fractured. In MotoGP, I still love watching it. There's so many great stories. But I mean, right now, the KTM is the next best bike. If you're not a Ducati, 100%. you better be on a KTM. Cause you can't be on a Honda and you can't be on a Yamaha it, mm-hmm. you're, I, and then you got to look at Aprilia, but
0: where's Aprilia been the last couple rounds? Like nowhere. Dude, they're, so, they're so close, but like the, they, they get close at times, but they just can't put a race together. They're, they're you, can't, you can't keep blaming it on the starts all the nowhere. time. So you want yeah, to right, yeah, 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 get, in get into which yeah, let's get into it. I mean, so that's your news presented by arrive. So let's just get into it. Do it. Um, all right. So in MotoGP, we had the sprint race and look, Peko Bagnaya was fast, I think, everywhere. Like he mm-hmm. was P1, everything except for free practice number one. Okay. So to me, I'm just looking at that as a perfect weekend. But he wins the sprint race by three tenths of a second over Bezecchi, a second over Jorge Martin. Then it was Johann Zarco. Then it was Marini. So five Ducatis. Then you had Jack Miller in sixth place. You had Mark Marquez in seventh. Aprilia's Alicia Spargo was eighth. And that's after. He fell off his bicycle on Thursday and I guess hurt his hurt his foot pretty bad. Don't talk on your phones, kid. AIDS,
1: please. Kids. Huh? He said, don't talk what? on your phones, kids. Oh, he, is that what happened? He was on his phone on his bicycle.
0: Ah, yeah. I've done that. Ugh. Run it right off the road, hit a ditch, and freaking... Yeah. yeah. Had the bike still clipped onto my shoes and saved the bike. Like, oh, held the bike in the air as I'm laying on my back Ugh. with my legs. Bastianini, on his return... Who is not to form yet, no, but he's he there. Be. He was six. Yeah, he will be six and a half seconds back. So he had two injured riders. Okay, mm-hmm. beat Quadraro in tenth, Binder eleventh, Oliveira, Vinales, and DJ Antonio and Michele Piero uh, ended up your last point scoring person. Rins and Alex Marquez, dude. Alex Marquez is my fantasy donkey. I swear to God, I'm. I'm just. I love the kid, but I can't stand him. So in the regular in the in the feature length. Well, hold on, race, hold
1: on, hold on, hold on.
0: Real quick, before what? you go any further. Who
1: came and, who came and visited us in the booth who we absolutely love? At the last round.
0: Oh, Freddie. Uncle Freddie. Freddie Spencer. Are you talking about?
1: So Freddie's yeah. always been like I've always loved Freddie. And he gets a lot of he gets a lot of stick for this whole, you know, who's calling the shots and it's it's not just him, but you know, there's a committee there and he had a great discussion with us. We're, you know, we are really starting to look at things different. We're trying to keep our hands off. We're trying. That's what Freddie said, and I love Freddie. Freddie's great. Got no problem, Freddie. But don't you just want to go? Um, can somebody please explain the Brad Bender penalty to me in Turn One at the start of that race, where Alex Marquez runs wide and Binder's looking to his right with a group of guys, and Marquez has made the mistake of running wide and turning back in. And they made contact in turn one and then Bender gets the penalty. Can somebody explain that it to me? It was baffling. It was baffling. It's, the, just, it's just stupid shit. And I was glad to see Bender come out and say it completely disagreed. And of course, Mark Marquez, like, oh, the penalty was good. My brother, you know, for what he did to my brother. What he did to your brother. Are you kidding? Mark Marquez goes firing down the inside of people all the time <laughs> and runs them wide. And it's just because they don't crash. Doesn't get the penalty. In this particular case. It's off the start. You've got twenty-something riders going into turn one together. There's going to be contact. It's going to happen. Sometimes you might fall. Sometimes you won't. Was there anything there that you thought was was malicious at all? Nope. Not it's a it's thing. Brad Binder. Like, and by the yeah. way, Mar- Alex Marquez, who started off the year great on the Ducati, is not finished. However many Grand Prix now, and if you watch him firing down people like he did in the in the in the main race that you're going to talk about in a minute.
0: Or in qual- was it qualifying? It, no, it was during he, the
1: race when he fired down between his brother and Jack Miller.
0: And- no, no, no. But did you see in qualifying, yeah. he went by Rins. He went by I Rins. Didn't was see it was quali- one of the free practice sessions. It was like the session was like, I don't know, it was over or there was one, you know, like one minute to go. Rins had just done his lap. And then Alex comes in to, oh my God, I can't remember, dude, and just chucked it in there. And you were like, where are you going? And then just crashed his brains out. It was on Friday. Yeah, I see, saw it and I was like, what? It's it's, it's crazy. No, I know. I, I mean I'm with you. It's yeah, I I, I don't just know. want to go a timeout. Let me like, ask you doing? this question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're if you're if you have Mark Marquez behind you right now, uh-huh. or you're watching and you see Mark Marquez in seventh, are you nervous for the people in front of him right now? I'm gonna tell you something that Mark Marquez
1: said in his post race interview that makes me less scared of him if he's behind me. You know what that was? Oh. You, go ahead you do you probably do did you hear, see it did you see his post race
0: i didn't see it no
1: he's like listen i i knew that i was going to be sixth or seventh that was what i was racing for he's like i feel like i probably would have been racing with Binder at the end of that race and i think i think brad finished sixth you know a little ways back he was trying to close that gap to that next group and then Binder kind of couldn't catch him marquez knows he does not have a winning bike right now and he's trying everything but i also believe that when the tires are new at the beginning, he might take some shots. But I also think that once the race kind of starts to settle in, he knows that he can't win. He can't Mark Marquez right now knows he can't win. He hasn't finished a he hasn't finished a Grand Prix on a Sunday in three rounds now. It's October. Believe. Yeah, it's since insane. October. And this so the thing is is that he is trying to push that bike to the limit that it will go without going over that limit. And that's why I said that crash on Sunday I think was him pushing, but I also think it's him getting getting out on some of the dirty part of the racetrack, and because the poor guy's having to push as hard as he is.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess your point. So if if he's behind me and I'm we're on lap six of twenty five, I'm feeling better. Well, say but lap fifteen, couple, especially yeah. lap fifteen. Lap six yeah, tires 15. might
1: still be new, G Dub. So like, yeah, yeah, lap yeah, fifteen
0: yeah. or whatever. You know, that's where he gets. He seems to get a little desperate, little lungy. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about the beginning of the race, the way Mark was riding. And I was just like thinking, man, if I was the dude right in front of him, would I be nervous that Mark was there when yeah. they kind of broke off in a group of three or whatever? But anyway, so, uh, Pecco wins the featured race with Martine and Zarco on the podium. Luca Marini ends up fourth, Binder in fifth, Aleish in sixth, again, heroic ride for him. Jack Miller in seventh, Badzecki, Bastianini in ninth, Morbidelli in tenth, the head of Cuadraro. Vinales, who luckily I got rid of him on my team, fantasy team. Nakagami scores three points in 13th. Then DG Antonio, Augusto Fernandez. Piero ends up 16th. Raul Fernandez is 17th. The reason why I say this, okay, Uh is because after... So Raul Fernandez crashed and boinked his head. And then he said after the feature-length race that he was fine the first couple laps. Then he started getting dizzy and sick and started throwing up in his helmet. Oh, good times. and he thinks it's because of the painkillers he was taken yeah. because of the shot, the crash that he took. Yeah. But man, that to me sounds more concussion. But you know, it wasn't addressed. It was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go home and feel better. I feel like it's preseason for me. So I'm just going to go get through Saxon ring. And then, you know, get to the, uh, get to the, the summer break. And then I'm not even going to take any time off. I'm just going to keep training and blah, blah, blah. Don't
1: they do but that? They was, do that was concerning ring, for me. And then they go to Assen, right? They have three week three races back to back to back. Isn't that yeah, what they so do? Yeah. So they go, Rick? they go Saxon ring, yeah.
0: Assen, and then, right. Then they have, then this, they have time the off. Sokol, the Sokol race or whatever was canceled, I think. Okay. Yep. I'd have to go
1: double. One of them definitely got can.
0: I'm on the calendar. I can have a look at it for you. Right. So July. Basically, they don't go back into action until I think they have the entire month of July off. So they won't be back in action uh, until after Aston until Silverstone. Crazy to think that these guys have that many races and they take a full month off in the middle of the
1: year. I mean, the teams aren't going to have any time. So I think when you look at some of the stories. It is like why are we not talking more about Johan Zarko? He's he's putting together a really good season and he's He is. And I, he deserves the ride The yeah, reason on. why
0: we're talking, the well, reason why we're not talking about him yeah. is because he can't get 5 points on everybody yet. He's Nas never won a MotoGP race. I know. You know and that that to me is like the biggest thing. It's like you need the biggest points difference is first to second. He's so.
1: 1.9 back at the end of this race behind arguably the best rider in the world right now Bagnaya, who is who is it just seems like he always is able to find his way to the front. It was interesting watching Bagnaya lose his mind in qualifying because if you watch qualifying too, <laughs> I was like, dude, what are you bitching about? Like stop with the gesturing. It's it's Marquez was trying to go out and chase after Bazzecchi and Bazzecchi pulled a quick one and got out of the pits pretty quickly. And so Marquez was just rolling onto the track and and what was funny is I, look, I know it's a distraction when you see a guy pulling onto the racetrack. I get it. But Bagnaia didn't look at it like that. He looked at it like Marquez was pulling onto the track to just go and chase Bagnaya. The thing is, is that Marquez pulling onto the track, literally from pit lane, he moved over to the left. If Bagnaya would have just continued on his lap instead of losing his brains when he sees Marquez pulling out, he would have, he'd have been so far ahead of Marquez that Marquez would, like even Marquez, like I wasn't looking for him. I wasn't,
0: it just worked out where Bezecki got out quicker. Did you watch that? I did. But but the, and the other thing is is so part of my brain goes, Peko's starting to get a little bit prima donna ish. Okay, where like when he was coming up that first season and he was on his way to the world championship, he seemed more of a dude who was, you know, a little bit more tranquil, I guess. Uh huh. Now he seemed like a prima donna. But the other thing is, why? Yeah. Why are you going to give that away? Why are you going to give away <sighs> the fact that if I pull out in front of you, you're going to lose your mind? Lose like your you've mind. now to- you've now told all of us that you're a head case. Congratulations. Thanks. Now I'm going to use it against you. Okay. But see, yep. I don't believe he is a head case.
1: I don't believe he is. I think the prima donna part of it might be true, but I don't think he's a head case. Cause he still went out even with Marquez on his tail and laid down pole position lap. I mean, he was able to actually yeah. pull away from, so I don't think back is a head case and he's capable of winning all these. I just think it's funny that, 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 that Marquez was a distraction to him. And, and Greg, when you're coming from that fast, that'd be like coming to the end of the front straightaway at Road America and there's a guy pulling out of the pits. It is a bit of a distraction. But if that person,
0: let's say that would have been DiGi Antonio pulling out of the pits. Do you think Bagnaya would have given a shit? No, I just think no. if you look at it in real time, maybe that Marquez was out a little bit further than he should have been. I think Marquez you- knew though.
1: He even said he pulled over. He got out of the way, but but Bagnaya already blew the corner. He'd already blown the corner and thrown his. I actually watched it because my mom was like, "My mom comes. She goes like... She goes, what's going on?'" Because I'm screaming at TV Jason. Like, yeah, oh my Jason. Gosh. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, she, so anyway, I have to show it's, my mom it's kind of a non-factor. Happening. Anyway, it yeah. it's a non-factor. I mean, it's it's know, just listen. Funny. I hate to say it. Yeah, Mark Marquez is one of the best motorcycle racers to ever live. But right now, unfortunately, he's a top six guy. You know, Bender if ends he, up he can't even can't yeah. even finish a long race. Yeah,
1: Luca Marina was impressive. He's fourth. Binder fifth. I mean, you kind of like look back through this and you go, okay, Elise and Jack were—they were only ten point nine back. They had a good battle for sixth and seventh. Um, but Zeki was a little bit of a shocker, especially after the sprint race, doing as well yeah. as he did. He ends up eighth here, yeah. couldn't really get anything going. And like you said, I think Bastianini—he'll come back. Um, you know, they're like—they're kind of like. I think Ducati's take on it is like, let's get these three races under the belt in a row for Bastianini because that's kind of like the start of his season. And then he'll have mm-hmm. a summer break, and he'll come back strong. Um, you know, but but is there a more is there a more confusing or compelling guy than Maverick Vinyales to you? Nope. Weekend and, and it's week been out like this forever. Weekend he's, and he's, week He's out. hard. He's hard to root for, man. It's hard to root for. It's not that he's hard to root for. You just go like, how can you lay down? a No, lap no. What that's... I'm saying,
0: if you're a Maverick fan, Jay. Yep. He takes you on such an emotional Correct. roller coaster. Yeah. That it's it's hard to. To, to love the guy and to be one of his fans because you're just like, dude, seriously, what's harder for you like, to what believe happen?
1: What's harder for you to believe that he's nineteen point one seconds back or the or he only beat Takanakagami Nakagami
0: by two seconds <laughs> the two second thing I mean well, that's harder for me to believe I mean, I yeah. mean right
1: I mean I mean it's kind of like yeah yeah yeah, it's yeah and then Di Antonio's on the hot seat right now and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Alex Marquez, of course, doesn't finish again. Oliveira doesn't finish this race. Mark and both Marquez brothers obviously don't finish. So, I mean, when you start talking about hot seats with Desi Antonio, and it's like it sounds like Acosta, who we'll talk about here in a minute, has kind of put it out there that his he's willing to leave all of his options open next
0: year. In other words, I don't think there's room for him at KTM. Um, No, and he he, but he did do the right thing. He made it clear that he would love to go with KTM. He would would love. He wants to stay with KTM. Yes. However. They've already asked him to sit and stay another year in Moto2, and he's made it clear he doesn't want to do that. Correct.
1: But, yeah, I agree. I, and I think that right now, obviously, he's got a he's got a healthy – has he got a healthy points lead? He does, right? Is it pretty healthy for him right now? Who,
0: Pecco or who? Uh,
1: Acosta. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, Acosta now. in, yeah, in um, Moto2. Oh, 19, I'm looking at it right 19 now. 119 to 99. He's 20-point lead over uh, – actually, he's 20 points behind Arbolino. So – Arbelino's the other one. Arbelino's the other one that is said to be moving up, possibly to um, take the Gian Antonio's spot.
0: Mm. That so that so, be
1: a good choice. Bike's fine. I really think that Gian I think that Arbelino and Acosta are both ready to move up. And Augusto Fernandez has it in his contract with KTM. There are certain things that he has to meet, but it sounds like he's on his way to doing that. Like he's meeting those expectations. So mm-hmm. it would turn his. It would turn his. You know, he he's going to be able to keep his seat. Then you got Miller and you got Bender. They're obviously not getting rid of them. But then you got what do you do with Paul Spargo? He's already signed for next year. So like, where yeah. does it cost to go? So does it does it kind of mean? To you, does it mean that Arbelino and Acosta are going to be fighting for that same seat at Grassini? Mm. It's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where are people moving to?
0: There might be an available Yamaha seat.
1: Yeah, I mean, like in the who's dying to get man. on
0: that shit box? Who's dying to get <laughs> on that?
1: You know, and then they're talking about Mark Marquez at KTM in twenty five. So the Moto two race. Sorry, we were done with Moto GP, were we? Yeah, we're done with Moto GP. Yeah. Moto two. Pedro Costa over Aberlino, which was six point one back. Jake Dixon ended up third, putting in a, a, another good result there. He beats Aaron Kinnet. Sadly, Aaron Kinnett, uh had a big crash in qualifying. He was your pole sitter for this race. Broke a couple bones in his right hand, but soldiered on. 8.8 back. Um, I think Dixon got him on the last lap, which was a shame uh, for him. Vietti ends up uh, fifth. Alonzo Lopez, who cleaned out Sam at the beginning of that race, um, he ends up getting two long lap penalties and ends up sixth. Salich, seventh. Salich was a front runner for a while there, Greg. He was up in the top three, uh, and he slid back to seventh. Uh, Manuel Gonzalez, uh, Chantra, Garcia, Pisini. Joe Roberts ended up twelfth after, again a little bit puzzling to me because Joe, he wasn't he didn't he qualify in the second row. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so joins at twelfth, and then um, Fazia, uh, Bo Ben and and Ayagura. Which is he still hurt? Is Ayagura your boy? Is he still hurt? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I,
0: I just hope he hasn't lost his magic, dude. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm a little concerned. I. I mean, I hate to say it, but I hope he's still feeling effects from his injury and he's just not back up to full fitness because sometimes it happens, you know? You go magic, 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 crash, and then you lose it, but yeah. Um, Yeah, by the way, Joe had qualified in P2. He was, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. It's
1: just strange. I mean, he went went through qualifying one and just killed it in P2 and then... I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. SDK looked like he had enough. R- another rough weekend. I mean, he's 48 seconds back. And
0: yeah, they had the, the the team sent out a press release. The um, I don't know what what's the name of the team. The OnlyFans American Racing Team. They sent out a press release saying it was the worst worst weekend of Ugh. basically their racing. And they um, who's the other rider who got hurt? Who's their Skinner, second rider? or Skinner. Yeah, Skinner's hurt. So they're gonna they have a replacement rider coming in for him. Oh, they do even for the next round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Um, find
1: it? I don't know who. Yeah, I don't know. So you actually know who the replacement rider already is, huh?
0: Yeah, because I get I get their press releases. So could it be
1: that kid from uh, Australia that um, took Sam's spot last year? And I saw him this year. He took somebody's spot in one of the other teams. He's got a funny name. I can't. I hate that I can't remember it right now. But he rode really good when he was when he rode for VDS. Um. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I can't think of his name right now. But um, hold on. I'm looking it up, Greg, because it's going to kill me. To- uh,
0: No, it's Carlos Sen- Tate. Sen- Carlos Tate is coming in for him. Okay. Senna Aegis is the guy I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Carlos Tate is coming in. Be running 99. I'm really excited. Back in the World Championship. It's not the best situation. Replacing an Ninja Rider. But yada, 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 yada. My expectations keep growing and learning.
1: What about Passini?
0: So How about Passini at 38 years
1: old or whatever he is, or 36 or 34? Mm-hmm. I don't know what he is, but he's like, <laughs> he literally has been bringing the same bike to Magello for the last two or three years. It's his personal bike. He brings it. They say he brings it in a van and rolls it into the team. And I mean, guy went straight through to Q1 or Q2 and he ends up 11th in the race. Incredible. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's amazing. Like that. The-
0: you know. On MotorGP's website, they don't even have a photo of the guy. It's because They don't. He's, he's, You're exactly he's a right. One- one timer, you know. Did you watch Moto Three? Uh, no, I didn't get to actually watch it. How was I? Didn't it? either. How I don't even know it? the results. I will tell you the results. Holgado ends up. I mean, I saw like the last lap. Like Holgado denied Dennis Anjou, so it was it was fifty one thousandths of <laughs> wow. a second over Sasaki, who was right there too. Mm-hmm. And then a tenth of a second back was Alonso, uh, Massia. So it was it was those five. Wow, okay. Um, and then you had the kid from the Netherlands, Vier. Okay. Uh, Colin Vier, who was the first of the next group. Yep. So you had Vire, you had Morera, you had Rossi, Nepa, uh, Toba, oh and yeah. Ortola, and Bertale, Mateo. Yeah. That was, I guess you could say Scott Ogden was right there yeah, too. Yeah, he in that group too. <laughs> right. With Rudy. I mean, it was, you had one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh you had like, like nine riders or whatever that were all sitting there kind of within one or two seconds of each other in that second group. I see, um, I see Mino finally finished a race. Yeah. About the 16th, just out of the points. And I mean,
1: Romano mm-hmm. Fanati's another just crazy, like guy that's been around for so long. And it's just crazy to think that he's that far back, you know, mm-hmm. wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, of notable non-finishers, I would say Suzuki on the Leopard Honda, yeah. a, you know, non-finisher uh, off the start. Artigas was another rider that you kind of go, whoa. That was a little bit, you know, finish. I didn't
1: see, and I don't know why they didn't finish or any of that. So I'd have to like, you know, obviously I'd have to go back and watch
0: the race, but I was doing, I was, I was on an airplane all day and I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was doing archery things over the weekend. So, um, I did watch the Moto E race though. Did you see any of Moto I didn't E? didn't see one of those. I didn't I, No, I did not. That was see. I'm baffled because it says that the race was in dry condition. So I'm curious. Oh, Wait, that was well, they had two races, uh, right? They had two races. One of them was in the rain, and I saw the rain race go off and I was like, "Whoa, what's going to happen here?" Yeah. That was this that was the second race. The second race was in the rain. And it was they they had no rain time, I believe, and there was no warm-up lap, Jay. They just mm. said go. Mm. And I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> like really?" Good time. And so like the, the first two or three laps, dude, I was so tense watching the race and Granado Gren- ended up, uh, like, cause again, I'm really interested in Moto E because they're all the Ducatis now. And that Ducati looks just absolutely freaking amazing.
1: I'd like to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, uh, I can't believe I haven't watched it. I'm going to go back and watch it.
0: Um, yeah. Go watch it. At least watch race two because it was, it was Granado ended up kind of whittling his ray through the field and it was people all over the place. And, you know, it was good, but Granado wins over Manfredi and, and Matteo Ferrari. They were one, two, three. Those two, Manfredi and Ferrari, the two Italians, they were locked in a little battle. And then Spinelli. So you had Granado the Brazilian, three Italians, and then you had Jordi Torres, uh in fifth place, Garzo, Randy Krumenacher was in seventh, Perez, so a a different it's race. That was that
1: that's where he's ended up. He's ended up in Moto isn't it? E. it?
0: Yeah.
1: Tito, Tito Robat ends up 13th in that race. Like, I'm just looking at the mm-hmm. results. Maria Herrera's back there. And like, yep. in race one, I've never even heard of the guy that won. Andrea, oh, Andrea Mante- Mantovini? Mantovini. 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 Ferrari. Yeah, he's in the RS. Krummacher uh, ends up fifth in that one. Hector Garza, That gets just wild when you look at it and you go and you, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Moto E, I gotta watch it. I, it's weird. And guess
0: who's le- guess who's leading the championship in Moto E? I don't know. I mean, I could look. Jordi it up, Torres. But- Jordi is Torres. Yeah, yeah, he's got a two point lead over Matteo Ferrari. Yep, who, and then Hector Garzo is right there in the mix, and Krummacher's sixty three. Krummacher's in fourth, worth forty five. Wow, so points. it's pretty close. Mm-hmm.
1: it's all pretty close so yeah, yeah. interesting so they, they i don't know i don't i well i should know i shouldn't know probably because i don't know what their schedule is i don't know where
0: moto e i don't know either yeah when they're coming races. when they're not coming um, yeah but, but yeah. the Ducatis look good man they look good so I have, to take, you know, I have to take a look at it they're fast i the one thing i like to do is go last year's moto e and look at this year's moto e in the dry and i, I didn't do that this round but i yeah. do want to do it just to see but so so that's pretty much it. They have um, Germany, Jay. What do you think? I mean, are we are we giving the race win? No. Are we giving a podium to him to Mark Marquez? I could
1: see him maybe putting it on the podium, yeah. uh, but I, even then, I think it's going to be a struggle. I think over race distance, the Honda right now just doesn't quite have it, and with the unpredictability of just you know, look, Marquez, he might win a sprint race. You're right. You're right. He might win a sprint race. He might win a sprint race. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put it past. Didn't he win here last year?
0: Think so. Yeah, out of nowhere, right? Came out back of from nowhere. injury, won, and then and then hightailed it to uh, re- re- recuperate after there's, that. Didn't he?
1: You're right. There's got to be a point where there's got to be a point where it's like he just has to finish one of these Grand Prix on mm-hmm. a Sunday. Yeah, just I, for confidence, I, where, just get him but, finishing. But isn't it? There's is a good chance of him finishing though. I think the whole thing that baffles me is like where. I mean, it almost feels like Honda and Yamaha have to just start over completely. That's so weird to me. Like, like they're not close. That's the weird part is, okay, there's going to be certain tracks where they're going to be closer, but they're really not close. And it's like, ugh.
0: My, my big concern is that, that Yamaha pulls out a GP. Well, that's, that's my big concern the, it,
1: too, but is it because they can't build a bike good enough to go run at the front? Like, that would seem like a pretty gnarly reason to just quit.
0: I mean Yamaha can. They build great bikes.
1: They all do. They all build great bikes. But is the mountain gotten so big? Is the mountain gotten so big now they can't get to the top of it?
0: This is what I really think happened. Okay. What I really think happened is is that a rule came down that said stop developing your bikes during COVID. And I think the Japanese listened. And I think the Italians and the Austrians went, Yeah, okay. That's that's honestly what I think happened. Mm. I, I think it was it was I think it this is a spillover of how one culture to another culture or one culture to another, several cultures ended up treating COVID. Yeah. I'm not getting political. This is nothing to do with politics. I just think that, that we're, this is a hangover and that, that all of a sudden you see these Italian manufacturers of, of Ducati and Aprilia and the Austrians of, of KTM have made a significant jump. And I think it feels like the Yamaha hasn't budged and the mm-hmm. Honda hasn't budged, or if they have moved in development that they're just, they're gone the wrong direction. And I, that's, that's really what I think about and what I think happened. Yep. So it's going to be a couple of years, but I just hope that with current sales futures, with the way sport bikes are going in general, the Yamaha still looks at MotoGP as a technical exercise in developing Mm -hmm. stuff that could still come to the street Yeah. because we know that the R1 is not going to be on the market much longer, you know, maybe two years Yeah. and the R1 is going to stop being sold and there's no replacement. Yeah. So is the M1 a selling tool for an R1? Is the M1 a selling tool for the R7 and this rumored R9 that's coming down the pipe, which is going to be, you know, some 800 and something CC triple that's going to race, more than likely will race in the super sport category and replace the R6. Yeah. So, you know, it's marketing, it's technology, it's development. It depends on where the money comes from Yamaha, the priority. I mean, we saw what Suzuki did. They still sell the GSXR 1,000, 750, and 600. And they went, we're going, we're going all electric. Pull the GP program. All right. That Suzuki might so be the knows? third
1: best bike on the grid right now if they continued.
0: Right now with no development from last year. Agreed. Totally I mean, agree. I mean, Holy crap. It's,
1: it's wild. So, all right. So MotoGP is at Saxon Ring. Uh, yeah. And real quick, Greg, just real, real quick, uh, just for anybody that might care about this on our podcast, but uh, it was Jet Lawrence, Plessinger, Webb, Cian Cirillo, and Dylan Ferrandis in uh colorado jet lawrence right now is just it's not even close and his brother hunter is doing the same thing in the 250s hunter just continues to like finish second in the first moto and then smoke everybody in the second so in the 250 Mm -hmm. moto it was lawrence justin cooper who had a tremendous first moto and then kind of uh went down early in the in the second and fought his way back to fourth to get second overall levi kitchen third shimoda and chance hymas ended up fifth so Right now, in those two championships, the Lawrence brothers are collecting a lot of
0: uh, all right, but a but lot of bonus quest- checks. So the question, Jay, is: yeah. Does Hunter or sorry, does Jet do a Carmichael? That's the question that's, I have for you. Can right. he do a perfect season? That's what and I by asking. the way, if you're new, if you don't really follow Moto, there's two motos right on Saturday, and then then they combine those two to get an overall. Yeah. based on your points. If you're one one, that means two points. You win. So the overall. Mm-hmm. Carmichael twice in his career on two different manufacturers yep. won every freaking moto, and obviously by winning every moto, you win every, you know, I mean, every, uh every whatever overall and getting and like fifty
1: thousand, getting fifty thousand a moto or a hundred thousand
0: a moto. Like yeah, it was like yeah, it was.
1: It was getting like a hundred thousand dollars per moto win.
0: Per moto it was win, and something like that, two, and, I'm, and like two fifty for an he, overall. No, 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 yeah. no. That was a big deal because. um Like Honda nearly went bankrupt because he first did it on a Honda and then Suzuki had signed him after that. And they actually took out a Lloyd's and London policy against that. And the, and the fact that Ricky went and did it again, it's pretty wild. It's like,
1: it's, it's, um, well, right now, nobody, it literally looks like Hunter's riding around when you watch him ride. It looks like he is just jet. jet, I mean, sorry. Yeah, It it looks like jets just riding around. It doesn't even look, it looks like he's got two more gears to go if he needed them. It's not even close. and, And we've seen this every now and then, but we know how diminished that 450 field is right now. Mm -hmm. It's bad. But it's like, and Cooper, Cooper Webb doesn't really look like himself. Um, But he's never been an outdoor guy, really, like in the sense that on the 450s, it's always been like Tomac, Ferrandez. Those guys have been the guys. Um, So, yeah, it's like. You sit there and you look at it, and you're like right now, if you're on a 450 and you're a privateer, you're loving it because you're getting top tens. If you're one of the top guys, like Ty Masterpool, he qualified yes. like third. Guy did amazing and he fell on the first turn. He was dead last on the uh, dead, dead last. And by the way, in the 250 class, uh, did you watch any of those? Yeah, well, I watched the highlights of them. Yeah, the 250 race, the first moto was maybe one of the biggest pileups I'd ever seen. Two separate gigantic <laughs> pileups into turn one. And it was like, yeah, it was bad. So I think they're I was thinking, is there anybody left or? <laughs> oh my gosh. Where they, they? I think they race this weekend. Um, they do. They race this weekend. Are they at Red Bud or Hold something? On, let me see. No, Red Bud's July 4th weekend, isn't it?
0: I think. Dude, so. They are going to, how oh, High Point, Pennsylvania. Got it. Mount Morris. Yeah. That's a fun one. See, the thing is, is like, if you look at the field and you look at skill, you go, yeah, I think jet can can have a perfect season. I don't think that there's but but more so than road racing, you have so many things that are different in moto. Yeah, if if it rains, right, Right. like I've seen bikes pile up with mud and the radiator and the motor overheat, you know, that's a moto over or if you don't get a good start and you're in fifth place or something, you take a rock to the radiator. You know, there, there's, there's on top of all the normal stuff, the losing of focus and all that stuff. So there, I think there's a lot more factors than there would be in road racing of someone who's completely dominant. So, you, But I think skill level right now and the way the team is dialed in and confidence and all that stuff, he could do it, man. And it, well, and yeah. it would be incredible. Well, to incredible. your point
1: too, like when you start talking about moto and the conditions, but if we go and we say, if the bike doesn't break and he doesn't fall and get hurt, does he win every moto? I think he does. Because I think even mm-hmm. if he... Even if he's dead last, if he's DFL off the start, he he's going to come back through the field and he's that much quicker than everybody right now. And he, he doesn't, he doesn't even know what getting a bad start's like. It's like when you watch <laughs> the start of those races, he goes off into turn one. He's got a bike length on everybody. Like in every yeah. moto, it's like, he's just gone. He gets killer starts and disappears.
0: So anyways, um, so cool. we're going to wrap this thing yeah, up. Uh, next week, up. we're going to talk about, obviously, MotoGP. We'll talk a little bit about Pro Moto, But also, <clears throat> we're going to take a look at the FAM World Endurance, Jay, the 24 Hours of Spa, because <sighs> we have a Moto America racer that is over there competing on a bike that could possibly win, and that is Chavi Forres. I don't yep. know. I haven't seen the entry list, but I love Chavi Fores. I'm a big fan of his, yep. and I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on his results in the 24 Hours of Spa. He and I had a conversation that you – would not have the ability to have a conversation mm-hmm. with him about because I've raced Spa and you have not. You've ridden Spa. No, I raced it, damn it. Wrote it. No. They they actually, I was in the middle of a race. Whether I actually had you passed had, somebody or whatever on, is but, irrelevant. Yeah. I was in a race. I raced it. Okay. Jerk. Huh? That's cute. Huh? Nice mm.
1: work. No top 10 there though, huh? So we don't have to hear about that?
0: Uh. uh hmm. Yeah.
1: Close. Close yeah okay
0: got it well that's fair
1: enough close all okay. right everyone gw and i are going to figure out how to do our podcast next week so i'll be on the road early getting up to washington to be up there for the ridge so i will i'm gonna take my microphone gw i'm gonna make you so happy so we don't have to folks deal with what's that the
0: over and under that jason actually takes it with him i'm taking it okay
1: don't bet against me people don't do
0: it. As Jason would say, don't bet against him. It's a sucker bet like the FFL yeah, I'm, in I'm, Supercross.
1: I'm taking it. I'm going to take my microphone and we'll kill a podcast. I'll probably be in some hotel room next Tuesday evening somewhere doing, and you're flying out Thursday. Yep. So you fly out, get in there Thursday and then, uh, hopefully
0: Thursday morning. Cause I really want to get to that, uh, field course that they have. That's in, uh, on the, the you know, maybe what an hour away from the track, there's a field archery course and I yeah. love shooting there.
1: Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. So- Nationals
0: this year is actually out there. It's in, it's, it's up North, North of Seattle. And I'm thinking about going, it yeah, is one of good. the most spectacular places to shoot on earth. It's
1: such a beautiful place, man. The Ridge is such a great, it's such a great area. Such a cool place. Uh, mm-hmm. love going up there. Now we're on a little bit of the West coast swing with moto America. We go from there down to Laguna Seca newly repaved, which should be great. Um, so yeah, we got we got uh we got a lot going on. We got got a lot of things happening. So thanks again everyone for listening. Um have a, a great weekend. Enjoy the Saxon Ring and uh we'll talk to you next week. See ya.